Let's come back and welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I'm Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host Mike McQuiggan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone, Dylan? And as you should know by now, we are two dudes who drink and we talk about movies. Now, we are coming to you live, possibly from a simulation, possibly from a city constantly under construction at midnight every night. Uh, our real- very reality as we know it may change in the middle of this episode. We don't know. We don't know. But this we're going to try to get the third it recording you're listening to. Yeah, we don't, we don't even know how many times we've had to start and stop this thing. It's been a few though. We we're on iteration number five of of uh, of the one, but we Keanu Reeves is now our our Neo. Um, Morpheus has just found him. Then again, the strangers are now changing how the reality of the city looks. So it's we'll figure it out. But you don't understand what we're talking about. We will be discussing Dark City and The Matrix this time for uh, movies that are. It's good to say, but this time it's more of a thematic and a visual kind of thing, not so much like point break the fast and the furious where it's the same thing, swap surfing for cars. That's about yeah, it. <laughs> it's closer to like the um the prestige versus the illusionist, or it's like, oh, it's weird that those two extremely kind of similar vibes came out that close together. Yeah, and these these are a year apart, like Dark City came out in 98, and that was immediately overshadowed by the Matrix in 99. <laughs> but before we talk about all that, let's get into all that. Mike, we got to what we're drinking, so what do you got? All right, so I went to one of my favorites, Forgotten Boardwalk, um, and I got their Scene Missing Chris Blogger. Uh, one of the coolest cans I've seen, like, it's all black with, it looks like something on fire. It's pretty and sick. I mean, scene missing, it kind of felt like with the amnesia aspect of these, um, that it would fit, th- fit thematically. And it is a really crisp blogger. It's simple. It's 4.5%. And it's like, just really good. <laughs> yeah. And because someone changed something in the Matrix, you're going to experience deja vu here. Because I also went to Forgotten Boardwalk, only this time I got The Illusionist. So I could have obviously done this during our Illusionist episode, um, but no, I didn't. So it's great. It's uh, it's India Pale Ale, six point nine percent. It is. It's got this like it's got this kind of crazy can art. It's got a uh, it's got this like magician, like devil magician thing, but it's also got this like magician's assistant on it where she's. Like a big titty chick in like a pink dress, which you know, of course, the Matrix has. Matrix has the girl in the red dress, but um, yeah, it's good. And side note, uh, professionally speaking, fuck the landlord of for Forgotten Boardwalk for not renewing their lease and leaving them essentially homeless, which sucks because Forgotten Boardwalk rules. You know, they're an awesome boardwalk. Great brewery. They're an awesome brewery. So hope they find somewhere. Hope someone's cool enough to be like, hey, use a. Use our space. Get back on your feet because they roll, and uh, it would suck if they if they disappeared. But uh, anyway, speaking of disappearing, we're going to change reality as we know it. So, Mike, how are we going to be breaking down these two movies? All right. So, first comp. So, both of these movies combine a lot of different genres under the big umbrella of sci-fi. So, we are going to decide. Which one we like better? Are we going to go with the Matrix Kung Fu action kind of revolution style movie? Or are we going through with uh, with Dark Cities, neo-noir, kind of dark, slightly horrorish setting? Neo-noir? I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next comparison, we're going to do 
the actual false realities. Which false reality do we think do we prefer? The Matrix or the Dark City? Next, we're going to do with we're going to look at the overlords and why they're using humans and which we like better, which we think makes more sense. The strangers using humans to kind of figure out the soul and see if they can save their species with it or robots using humans as batteries. Then we're going to go with our, uh, our antagonist in the illusion. Who's better the agent or the strangers. We're going to do our guide through the false reality, Morpheus or Kiefer Sutherland. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to obviously compare our love interests. Of course. We're going to compare our leads. Of course. Maybe they have to. <laughs> and then we got to compare rewatchability. I didn't mention this on our first try at recording, but I feel like that's a big point in favor of one of the movies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's that sounds like a good spot. So we're starting with the the, the actual like genre, basically, right? Yeah, the, the the mix of genres. All right. So I mean, for me, I'm on Team Matrix on this one because like the action kung fu shit, love it. I love it, but it's also like everyone in the Matrix is either working in a cubicle or like chilling in like an S and M bar. <laughs> that's all they're doing. <laughs> that's only one or two, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> Wait, didn't you just describe Grandma's Boy? <laughs> I think I did. I think I might have. Yeah, Grandma's Boy is in the Matrix. <laughs> now, so this episode, I have a feeling that it's going to be actually a lot of disagreements because I am on Dark City side, a hundred percent. I love noir. Um, I think uh, sci-fi, noir, and horror go together so well. Um, the suspense works so much better for me in Dark City. Not to say I don't love The Matrix. Like, the, I, I love Kung Fu. I love all that stuff. But in terms of a storytelling aspect, I feel like Dark City just got the right mix to drag me in. Yeah, there's also there's also the... I mean, it's kind of... I mean, I'm more than likely going to be on the side of The Matrix a lot for a lot of this. But there is the unfortunate instance of The Matrix having penetrated society and culture so deeply <laughs> that even to this day there are references to the matrix that you can you can look at but and be like yeah that's that's definitely the matrix but then there's like people are like yeah but then there's this thing called dark city and people are like what what are you talking about dark city <laughs> what do you what do you mean <laughs> this was my first time watching dark city it was my second time, but it was my first time remembering it. <laughs> oh, and also, we should say, Mike, what version did you watch? Director's Cut. Yeah, okay, good. We watched the same Director's Cut. Because this movie also has, like, a Blade Runner situation going on, where the theatrical cut has a ridiculous voiceover in the beginning. That, kind that of just tells, tells you everything. 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 Tells you everything. <laughs> Which is what sucks because the whole point of the movie is it's not knowing what's together. going on. Like, you're you're... I think the movie set up well for you to piece it together. Like at the end of the movie, there's not any, that is one thing that we're not doing in a comparison that I like in favor of dark city, as opposed to the matrix in that dark city tells a full story chopped off Dunzo. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, realist, you're right. But like, when you look at this, the first matrix movie, 
even though they do have the ending of Neo basically putting out the call to the like the human race that he's going to unlock everyone and all that and like wake everyone up as Rage Against the Machine immediately starts to yell at you. But if if you had not if we had not gotten the matrix sequels the first matrix movie stands alone it does stand alone like there there are no unanswered questions except for well what's going to happen to neo next which isn't and it's not like you know reloaded ended with a literal cliffhanger of what's going in coming soon in in, um revolution you could you could say that like the matrix one could have just had an ambiguous ending which is cool like ambiguous endings work yeah, and I mean, in realistic, realistically speaking, it's the original Matrix is the original movie, and you can look at the sequels as like deleted scenes or bonus features. Like you, re- you really don't need to see the other three. Yes, three Matrix sequels, especially not the original two because they're bad and only have like you can YouTube the highlights of those movies and be good. But then Resurrections. That's basically just the Wachowski saying, fuck Hollywood. They're basically making us make this movie. So we're just gonna do the original movie, but like in like a like a like a uh, ironic detached version of it, you know? And we're gonna even have Keanu Reeves, major action star John Wick at this point, go back to his most famous role, and all he does is push air. That's all he does in the entirety of the movie. <laughs> It does nothing else. <laughs> All right. So point one is split <laughs> in terms of Absolutely. I mean absolutely. It's that that right there, it's I I I like I agree with you for Dark City, but like my preference is the Matrix. But that, they're that, both that's in my opinion, they're how both we're fun. both going about it. It's like, yeah, that one's good, but I like this one better. Yeah, it's it's it really <laughs> is a matter of preference. And uh so what was the second part of that? The setting now. Okay. So the actual, are we going with the floating city in space that's getting changed every night at midnight? Or are we going through the, we're all living in a simulation desk job where everyone is apparently hackers? <laughs> right, exactly. Now, keep in mind, though, the thing is, if you are not one of our main characters or one of our featured characters in the movie, if you're just a regular Joe living his life in these two places, you know nothing about what's going on. You, if you're in the matrix, you, you're just a person going about your life. If you're in dark city, you're just a person going about your life and your memories are erased essentially, because there are, they do take some people and elevate their standing, change what they do, change their jobs. So, but you don't know, you wake up the next morning, just being a ticket taker now as opposed to a lounge singer like jennifer connelly is that's that's like so i'm like the matrix it's like you're living in an actual simulation of real life dark city it's like aliens kidnapped you put you in a zoo that kind of works like the sims yeah exactly exactly it's it's like a diorama it's like a life-size diorama that they just kind of fuck around with you know (laughs) and it's funny because the way like the way i looked at at the end it was like oh so like the borg have proved that the world is flat you know <laughs> that's about it that's like, the, that's like the broad takeaway from dark city but as far as are we doing this as far as what we would prefer to be in or would it be would we prefer to wake up in and like realize the truth about so i think so it'd be totally unfair to do the uh 
the matrix like obviously wait just being in the matrix like we are basically in the matrix right now like yeah that's our that's your choice on which I mean, one you'd rather like just be in i don't I know about, i don't know about basically we're <laughs> in the matrix right now there's no way this is real <laughs> this reality cannot be real <laughs> so i'm looking at it more as like an aesthetic like which did you think was a more captivating looking and then we can add on since we have an even an amount of things of would you rather be in dark city fighting against the uh fighting against the uh the strangers or would you rather be woken up from the matrix and fight against the robots and the I mean, I would, okay, this is, this is, now when you think about this, because the Matrix does have two different realities. In Dark City, there's only the one reality. Yes. Once you woke up, that's only the one reality. And once you know that the strangers are messing around with reality, and, but then again, if you are woken up, you're either Kiefer Sutherland or you're Rufus Soul. Like, you're either, they don't show any other people that are awake in dark city it's just the two of them because they're both Kiefer Sutherland is being used by the strangers whereas Rufus Sewell is our Neo he's the one that can do the shit he's the one but it's only the reality of the dark city whereas Neo when he's when Thomas Anderson is woken up he is told of the reality of the world which is 2199 the earth and sky is scorched humans are batteries and you live basically in a spaceship with a bunch of refugees and you're always fighting the resistance now, now do they in dark city do they like is the world over and only the people on dark city are the only people or do they take you off earth and be like we need to study you we're putting you in dark city and taking away your memories it's never explicitly mentioned, but it is it's never explicitly mentioned of what happened, but the the illusion is that people were taken from somewhere and brought into Dark City as part of the experiment. That's, yeah. So there is potentially, that's why I think it's in space. I think we're essentially looking at an alien planet, you know, but I think, you know, for all intents and purposes, they, they don't explicitly say they're not human beings, but this also could be like a Star Wars human being situation where yeah. these people are aliens to people from Earth, but they are human, you know? <laughs> So I'm going to, so from just like an aesthetic wise, I think Dark City looks cooler as a movie setting than The Matrix. Like, I think Dark City itself almost feels like a character where The Matrix is more of a tool that the characters use and can manipulate. Yeah, so then I guess, like, then I guess we do we consider the reality of the matrix of the real world in the matrix, the desert of the real, as uh, Morpheus so coolly explains it. You know, do we consider that? Because if that's the case, do not wake me up. I want to be Joey Pants. I want to be Cipher. Put me back in. That's I do a, not want to be. I do not want to live. That's in that the thing. Like, I would rather be woken up on Dark City too, because if I was woken up from the Matrix, I would absolutely pull a cipher. Dude's a hundred percent right. Yeah, it wouldn't take me nine years either. It would take me nine minutes. I'd be like Agent Smith. I have. I have everything you need. Put me back in. <laughs> Morpheus is a motherfucker. I don't want to work for him. Right. So you just get rid of that dude. You need me to kill him? I'll kill him. Just plug me back in. I'm sick of this shit. 
It's like I've been here for four minutes and I hate it. But <laughs> it's like that it's like one of those days where it's like you woke up for school, you're like, Mom, I feel sick. And she's like, You're going to school. If you feel sick, go to the nurse like three minutes into first period. Mom, can you come pick me up? You just walk in the door and go right to the nurse. <laughs> I'm done. I, I am done. But like and that's that is the other thing with Dark City. There is no scene of everyone waking. The, at the end of the movie, Rufus Soul is still the only one that knows what that knows what was going on. And he's basically starting his life over again with quote unquote Emma, who is Jennifer Connolly, who has now become Anna. And she has no idea. She just thinks she's Anna, a woman that said like a ticket taker at a movie theater. And is looking at the beach, you know, Shell Beach. But so now, is she basically Anna de Armas, like in Blade Runner 2049, where it's like, well, he has total control over the world. So, like, is he just making him feel better by acting like he's courting her? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be funny. Jennifer Connelly with Joy. <laughs> <You know>, just, <laughs> she's just, she's like your, your living Alexa, basically. But yeah, it's, it's, the reality of the matrix sucks like the real world sucks like being in the matrix and knowing like how to manipulate it would be awesome but at the same time you're still dealing with agents like you're still dealing with the agents you're still very much killable you know it's all that but dark city basically i i would hope that i could wake up after Rufus Soul took care of everything, yeah. you know, so at least you get the sun. You now, know? If you get, yeah, if you're in Dark City, you at least like, you at least have that hope that it's like, come on, come on, come on, Count Adamar, go get those guys. Yeah, like you might actually be like, oh yeah, this John Murdoch guy, you know, he's uh, he's a great overlord and he's got alien powers, but. At least I don't have to worry about my life changing overnight anymore. You know, I can just maybe if I get on his good side, I can request something. But you know, you don't you don't have to live in the nightmare world that is the reality of the Matrix. I go to bed as a rock star. I wake up as a fucking janitor. Like, oh man, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's. I mean, I would think I would think that it, it would be a lot cooler to actually just be in the Matrix. But reality sucks. Yeah. But then now, again, cinematically, if, what do you think makes for a cooler, like, what's cooler to watch people in? Well, that's the thing. That's and this is that's where you get back down to the genres of it because the noir genre, Dark City is great because it's got that dark feel, that grimy feel. Like everything's kind of like not wet but sweaty. Like it, there's there's. There's just a lot of like griminess going on. Whereas the Matrix is nice and slick. It's nice yeah. and you look cool as shit while you're in it. You know, it's, but then again, you have to be awake to be able to do that. Like you have to be woken up to be able to do that. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like living in the Matrix would rule, but it'd probably be better to be aware of what's going on in Dark City, you know? Okay. So you go in cinematically, one to the Matrix. And then actual, like, where would you rather be woken up in Dark City? Yeah, because there is no living in a small spaceship with Mouse the Creep, you know, (laughs) and Tank and Dozier and all that. (laughs) I'm Dark City on both for that. Okay, okay. 
Now, now I think we got to, should we go with guide or should we go with biggest threat in the fake reality? Uh, Let's continue on with the fake reality. So biggest threat. So we're looking at what? The strangers versus the agents? Yeah. This is one of the only ones where I'm hard. Agents are cooler. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And they're scarier, you know, because they will straight up either possess you get you killed <laughs> or they will just kill you <laughs> you know it's there is no really there's no other situation whereas the strangers all they're going to do is just fuck around with your life at midnight you know but one of them despite being a hive mind there, there's definitely ones with individual personalities the one's like a fucking psychopath <laughs> i don't want to run into yeah. that stranger <laughs> well that guy is um what is his character's name his but he's from rocky horror picture show uh, Mr. Hand is yeah. he's, he's not Mr. Hand from uh, Fast Times, but um, or Mr. Hands, the guy that died fucking a horse. Google, Google it, kids, <laughs> and don't tell me that, don't tell your parents that I was the one that told you. <laughs> but it's there's Mr. Hand, Mr. Mr. Book is the big bald Cenobite kind of guy, you yeah. know, and then there's Mr. Wall, which is the legendary Bruce Spence, but then. The one thing that the agents don't have, and granted, in the first Matrix, there are three separate agents. There are three different teams. But the thing that the agents don't have is a child. <laughs> it's like a psychopath child, which is what the strangers have. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone is scary. That's kind of that's really creepy and off-putting. But it's still a kid. <laughs> it's still a good kid. Like, you can still probably kick him pretty far if you need to. <laughs> It's, it's like mini, mini me. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing is with the strangers, they do that weird, like, like I said, like, like Cenobite, that like chatterer Cenobite thing that they do that like chattering thing. It's like, oh, this is weird. At least with the agents, you know, they're going to bore you with bureaucracy if you need to, yeah. you know, it's, it's, but then again, they're, What's they're scarier a than middle management. <laughs> exactly you know these these nameless basically like faceless suits as all these dudes are but they are yet the most powerful creatures the beings there are you know and i mean yeah the, I, my, my opinion it's matrix all the way like yeah, the agents are they're far greater threat and danger than uh than the strangers are because you gotta figure the strangers only mess around with your life the agents will take it they will completely assume it. They will assimilate you. And you'll more than likely die at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so I think we're, right now we're at a tie for All the right. few movies. All right, so next, let's... Uh, what's that? Are we about halfway through our list? I'd say so. All right. Okay. Good time for a beer check-in. Nope. All right, so scene missing is delicious. Again, it's not... It, it's... A crisp lager, it's described as a crisp lager. That's what it tastes like. Got a beautiful color for a lager. I have my little Japanese glass. Like, this is like my anti, uh, my anti cauldron. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's like the Geisha girl version of a coffee, uh, the cauldron. (laughs) Whereas the cauldron's the big, like, Yakuza boss. Yeah. That's the Geisha girl. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, I, it's a great lager. 
same thing for my illusionist. It's a great IPA. It tastes like an IPA, but it doesn't have like the piney aftertaste of uh, chewing on, you know, firewood. But um, it's good. It is really good. And uh, again, Forgotten Boardwalk. If they stick around because they got some, they make some good beans. But uh, all right. So what's next? We're gonna do with like our overlords plan for the quote-unquote humans using humans as batteries versus studying the human soul to figure out a way for their own survival and i'm gonna open up with i lean very hard dark city on this one mostly because i watched the youtube video on how dumb the robots are for using humans as batteries (laughs) yeah yeah i can see uh I can see the flaws in that. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's not it's not a great system, but I will say it is a working system. <laughs> it, it is it is it is a system that does not need to be altered or changed because we're just fuel, and it's and it's funny because that's what uh switch says to Neo when she calls him Copper Top, and it's like oh all right, so if you. If you don't really know what's going on, that's even funnier because when you once you realize you're like, oh, she called him a fucking Duracell battery. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know. But uh, again, I'm like, it's so yeah, they have it working, but I want to know how long it took to get enough people to make it work because humans are would be incredibly inefficient as batteries. So yeah, we we're entering. When we enter the Matrix, the system's already working. Like, they already have the bugs worked out and stuff. When we're entering Dark City, they're still constructing things and trying to, like, where the Matrix has it as, like, a closed system of what they're doing. The the Strangers, the, it's an experiment where they're still trying to study and figure out what they're trying to, like, what the soul means and individuality and if that can save them. Yeah, this is probably the Dark City, like the the analog in the Matrix is probably Dark City is probably like round one or version one of the Matrix, where they're just trying to figure it out. Like they're trying to figure out how the humans can power it and how the all that kind of stuff. But do you think they ever had humans on treadmills? <laughs> it probably started that way. It probably <laughs> definitely started that way. You know, um, but the the other thing is at some point the machines figure out how to create human life and they figure that out. So they are now a self-sustaining system Mm -hmm. and they can keep that going because all they got to do. And it's, it's funny because they don't at all at any point in this, in the matrix trilogy or even the fourth one, they never mentioned why those fields are being harvested. Like, why are they being harvested? They never mentioned that. And because it looks, the way it's all laid out, what we see, it looks like Christmas tree lights. Mm-hmm. So if you're plugged into the tree, you're on, you know, and the battery, the power is being pulled out of you. But whereas, why are they harvesting the humans? Like, they, they don't, they're not using them for anything. And when humans die in the matrix, they get liquefied and recycled, you know, as, as nutrients for the yeah. other humans. So cancer exists in the matrix. I mean, like, like the matrix- or is there anyone dying before the age of like 60 in the matrix? Cause like if they work out a system where it's like, you're like, obviously you want people to reach like 
live as long as they can so that they don't have to be recycled over and over again. Yeah, you'd think so. But then again, it's and it's it's funny because why does it need to be like why does there need to be death in the matrix? Yeah. Because the human life is what powers it. And that's what they need to serve to keep their energy and sustain their power going. Why is why is the matrix reality? Like why is it the real world? Like why is there death? Why is there violence? Why is there what, you know isn't there, isn't there a line in there where they're like, We tried to give you paradise, but you guys like weren't having that shit? Well, yeah, and that there is that, but it's it doesn't need to be paradise, but people don't necessarily need to die prematurely. Like you mentioned, there doesn't necessarily need to be that. There can be conflict, but there doesn't need to be world war, you know? And it's, or you could just like make people, you know, nigh immortal and can only die of old age. Right. Or get like a Highlander situation going where you can just start lopping heads off and you can get one guy left that's like the ultra battery. <laughs> He becomes like a car battery as opposed to like a nine volt. <laughs> but then what interests me with Dark City is like they don't necessarily like Dark City doesn't exist to specifically subjugate humans. They're like, we just need to figure out what the fuck that soul thing is so that maybe we can save our own species. <laughs> Which is weird because at the end we're shown when um I think it's when book. I think, yeah, it's, it's either Mr. Book or Mr. Hand gets killed. And we see that what the reality of the strangers is, is basically the bug that they dro- that Mr. Smith drops in Neo. Yeah. The way that that bug looks is essentially what is inside all of the strangers in Dark City. So they're not even people. <laughs> so is it those bugs on the inside that are trying to figure out how to fully replicate a human being? I and think all that they've been is able what's to... going on. I think it's yeah. like... And all they've been able I, to do I, I, is I, just I, create these, like, Diabolus, like, motherfuckers, like, from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, you know? That's all they've been able to get to so far, you know? Half, cent- half Cenobite, half S&M Club, you know? it's That's all they've been really able to get to. But, but yeah, I do lean Dark City on this. Yeah, and like I said, since it's a it's a self perpetuating system, you know, for the Matrix, I would lean the Matrix. The, the machines figured it out, you know. It's artificial intelligence figured it out, you know. They figured <laughs> out how to sustain itself. All right, next is the guide to the false reality. All right, so we're looking at Morpheus. And in the Kiefer Matrix Sutherland. versus Kiefer Sutherland in Dark City. Okay. <laughs> I, I find it infinitely funnier to just call him Kiefer. Like, Kiefer Sutherland's just leading us through this. Right, right, right. I mean, his character's name is is Schraber, is what his character's name is. But, yeah, it is it is funny. because And it's funny to see Kiefer Sutherland in this role, because it's very unlike anything that he's really ever done. Usually, he's just Kiefer Sutherland in, like, a costume. But in this, he's like he's got like a fucked up eye. Like he's he's walking different. I like loved he's, it. I he's great. He is. It. He's really great. And it's it's very it was very interesting to see Kiefer Sutherland like acting, you know, because you don't really ever it's see so that. So typecasted as just different versions of Kiefer Sutherland that this was like a breath of fresh air. And right, if I'm going exactly. with who, like, if I was in the main character situation. 
at the end of the day, who am I not punching in the face? It's Kiefer Sutherland. Because Morpheus is a fucking dick. Hey, Morpheus, Morpheus sucks. Because not only is he preaching at you, like, all of this, like, the one shit and the reality and protecting Zion and fighting the machines, all that. But then you gotta you gotta take into consideration what he did to you to get you on in the reality of the real world on his ship to potentially become the one in the matrix. He woke you up. Well, technically he didn't do it, but he gave you the choice. Yeah. And the way he presented it was by picking a person who was very much predisposed to going along with his choice. You know, <laughs> he didn't pick somebody he had to convince. To take one of these pills or a person it's not like um it's not like barbie in the barbie movie where barbie has to make the choice to either stay in barbie land and be ignorant of everything or find out the reality and she's like immediately no i want to stay i don't want to find out anything i don't want anything to change i want to go back to my way it was and weird barbie's like no you want to change you want to know the reality she's like no 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 i want to this that's what it should be it should be a situation where the person doesn't already want to take the red pill when given that opportunity, you know? But, of course, Morpheus is like, you know, Thomas Anderson. Dude's a great legendary hacker. I can use him. All I gotta do is train him. I gotta download some martial arts into his brain, and he'll become the one, and we'll be good. <laughs> but he's definitely and gonna he take sent so many the ones to their death, allegedly. Yeah, he's already taken like six guys that are dead. So he's a bad guide. Like he's, he's not. He's not good. He's really not good. Kiefer Sutherland. He got one, one, the one, and you know what? He loaded their mind up with the ability to just be like, "Hey, fuck all you aliens! I'm better at controlling shit in my mind." Right. Yeah, and then he, it's funny because he even Kiefer Kiefer Sutherland even Kiefer gets. When he gets to Rufus Hole, and then at the very end, when he eventually does inject like the reality memories, like the real memories into Rufus Soul, he basically unlocks the reality of things. And that by doing so, that gives Rufus Soul all the power he needs. And he's very much helping Rufus Soul become the one. Whereas Morpheus is just kind of like, You are the one, figure it out. <laughs> I'll make sure you don't die, but we got to figure, you got to figure this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what? I don't care that Lawrence Fishburne has the silky smooth voice of a Greek god. You know what? You're still a dick, Morpheus. (laughs) You are. It's it's really hard to not like him because of how cool he is. (laughs) But you got to, you really got to, you can't. You gotta separate the Morpheus in the Matrix, who's one of the coolest motherfuckers ever. You, you really gotta look at him as the Morpheus in the real world, who's just an embattled spaceship captain, you know, who is really just trying to hold shit together, and he's fighting a losing fight is what he's doing. So really, you gotta be like, I didn't, I, and then you gotta start talking to Joey Pants a little bit more. You gotta be like. How long has this idiot been doing this? You know, it's like nine years. Oh my God, no way in hell. Like, do you want to team up and take him down? Let's do that. Whereas if you're Rufus Sewell, you're like, all right, Keeper, yeah, wake me up. I got brain powers. Let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so, yep, Keeper Sutherland gets my vote on this one. I, I'm I'm with Keeper as well, you know. It's, <laughs> it, would it be cool to party with Morpheus? Probably. But do like I want to learn how to fight with Morpheus? Maybe. It'd be pretty sweet. 
it could be cool, but Super Sutherland is so much better at helping you through this journey of this nightmare world that you're in. <laughs> All right. So now I think it's time to go to the love interest. So right now, Dark City has a one-point lead. But I have a feeling over the next three, it's going to get edged to... We saved, like, three of the ones that, spoiler alert, I'm probably leaning Matrix. Yeah, because in this one, and, and it's 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 a shame because in the, for this one, we have, we have a 1998 Jennifer Connelly versus a 1999 Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss will smoke Jennifer Connelly any day of the week, <laughs> and it's... Not even close in my opinion. Like, I almost didn't even want to put in love interest because Jennifer Connelly's character is just such a like she's not even a character. She's a terrible lounge singer, too. Like her yeah. songs are so bad. It made me think it's like, is this like a prank by the strangers? Like to see if people actually listen to this white chick sing soul music. <laughs> like Trinity. Trinity's badass. Like, Trinity is... Uh, when I watched this movie when I was 11, Trinity made me feel things. <laughs> Trinity will kick your ass and look as hot as you can possibly look doing it. You know? She is amazing. And Jennifer Connelly... She's actually Connelly's, a character. And she's actually a character, yes. The funny thing is, Jennifer Connelly is a gorgeous woman as well. Yeah. But in these two movies... I'm absolutely running at Trinity every time. Like, Trinity, you, every time. <laughs> There's no other option. As we don't even have to talk about that one that much. Just because Dark, she, the love interest in Dark City hardly plays a role in the story. She's literally just there to basically be a fake memory for him. Because nothing that allegedly their relationship, she and Rufus sold their relationships apparently on the rocks because apparently she had an affair. But yeah, it turns out none of that's real. So, oh, oops. <laughs> it's just all part of the prank show, you know? <laughs> but with Trinity, Trinity is her own woman. She is her own fighter. She is very capable on her own. And she just happens to fall in love with Neo because of the prophecy. But yeah, it's... It's who is the better and oh and then Trinity has the uh, added bonus of being able to bring you back to from the dead by just kissing you and saying she loves you. You know, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly can't do that shit. <laughs> All right, so my we'll get to our leads now. So Keanu Reeves as Neo, Neo slash Thomas Anderson versus Rufus Sewell as John Murdoch again. This is an easy one for me because it's our boy Kia. It's yeah, our boy Keanu. It is, so, I, the Rufus Sewell as Murdoch, he does fine. He's good. I, I do enjoy He's very good. But I think the movie works better because your main character is not over-the-top badass till the end or anything. Like, it would, like, you need your main character to not stand out that much in... Dark City. Yeah, I can see that. But then there is also the the hero's journey of Neo. Like he, we see him go from nobody, basically just drudging through life, making a couple bucks, 
Well, actually, two grand for a uh, two grand for a computer disc is pretty hilarious, in my opinion. <laughs> I was like, "What was this program? Like, what did this program do that it's two grand?" <laughs> but even funnier is that we see we see Neo do the Luke Skywalker thing. Like, he does his hero's journey. He goes through it all, which inherently he, makes you more attached to the character. Yeah. Where Murdoch, and, it's just like, "Hey, we think you murdered some people." Figure that shit out. <laughs> You're a hooker murderer. <laughs> you leave full spirals on their tits when you kill them. But you're a hooker murderer, you know, as opposed to a hacker with a heart of gold. <laughs> Which I think from a story setup makes Dark City work for me because I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like I I like that story setup. <laughs> yeah, and and this the movie does. The movie does kind of start as like memento as well. It's it starts as like a this man has no memories. He doesn't know how he got into the situation he's in, and he barely even knows who he is. But then it turns into like the Matrix and Superhero because then he starts, you know, having his he can tune. It's, it's what their powers are, their tuning powers. He can do that, but he can't control it right away. And then eventually he can because Kiefer unlocks him. But yeah, I mean. And then he just looks like a noir detective kind of dude. Whereas Neo, coolest dude on the planet, he yeah. is Keanu Reeves, who at the height of Keanu Reeves, not in prime Johnny Utah character, but like lovable doofus Neo. He's not a doofus, but he's a lovable hacker doofus, you know? He's just so much fun. Speaking of Johnny Utah, I was talking to my friend and she, I, Point Break came up and she was like, oh, I've never seen Point Break. I'm like, watch it. Watch it immediately. She watched it last night and loved it. Of course. Well, I mean, how could you not? You know? But, yeah, it's, it's I mean, again, it's it's gotta be, it's gotta be Neo for me, at least. Yeah, it's Neo. Like, yeah. yeah. So now... Matrix is up by one, right? Yeah. All, All right. right. What's the last the one? The last one is rewatchability. Oh. And it is inherently the Matrix. Because the drawl of Dark City is piecing it together with the characters. And I can only see myself enjoying Dark City as much as I enjoyed it this first time I saw it as if I am showing it to someone who has never seen it before. Like that's yeah. I, that's the only way I see myself really going back to it. Yeah, I mean, it would probably, it might be different for me if I hadn't first watched the director's cut. Like, if I'd only seen the theatrical cut and then found out that there's a director's cut, I'd definitely go back and see, like, what's different, how things are, and apparently it's no narration in the front, and there's some extended scenes, basically. But, unlike a lot of times when you watch a director's cut, there were no spots where I looked at it and went, well, this was probably deleted. No, yeah. it it was very much Alex Proyas sat down and made this his movie, you know. So I was like, "Good and for again, you." And with Dark City, there was no scenes that I felt like ah, this scene, like we didn't need this scene. This scene went on too long. This no, I thought dark like at the end of the day, I liked Dark City better than The Matrix. But if I go back and rewatch it, I'm. I'm not going to have as much fun as if I went back and rewatched the matrix. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rare 
it's a rare situation that once you know the reality, it kind of takes away from the rewatchability. That's so. And it's Whereas, not like, even like a uh, it's not even like a Shutter Island where it's like oh I know the ending of Shutter Island so I can go back and rewatch and find all the hints. Yeah, or like watching the original Scream mm-hmm. and going back and trying to figure out which one of them is killing who when you know and like all of the obvious things that Wes Craven put in there that it's like now that you know it's really impossible to have not seen it, you know? <laughs> That's where Dark City, there's not really a twist to Dark City. It's, it's just, just figuring out the reality. Yeah, it's just a reveal. And with, with the, and then, of course, and it's the, it is the drawback, and it's all the things we've mentioned as well, it is the drawback of a noir. They're not necessarily the most rewatchable because once the, crime has been solved there isn't much more to think about whereas with but dark city does have the added bonus of having the world itself kind of pose a thought of if you're comparing the two movies like we discussed what you really think about when you walk away from both these movies is which of these realities do you find more plausible kind of thing, or do you find more interesting? But when it comes to like rewatching the actual full movie itself, it's got to be the matrix because of the action, even like that. There's a ton of dialogue. There's a great, great lines. The performances, like, all of it. The, the character. So dark city, I don't see is like outside of Kiefer Sutherland. It's not a character driven movie. It's, it's all about much driven by the mystery, by the world. Where once you figure out what the world is and how it's kind of come to be, then the intrigue is gone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and like, you know, it's the repeat. There there is no there is no going back and being like, oh, that's where this was revealed, blah, blah. It's like, okay, no, it's whereas like you you pretty much get it on your first watch. You get it, yeah. And then uh yeah. So, yeah, so I think that puts the Matrix up by two, right? Yep. And it pushes it ahead. But, it, I mean, it's a close one. It really is. That's and- so, like, so going through, I went Dark City on, I want to say, like, out of the nine, five, I went Dark City, four, I went Matrix. Where I think you did seven Matrix to Dark City. Yeah, I was I was much more probably favorable to the Matrix. Simply because I mean, Dark City is a good movie and it's a fun movie to watch and it's interesting. But the Matrix is just I don't know, there's something about it where like I can keep watching that movie. I can watch the movie a ton of times and just love it every time through, you know? It's, it's yeah, Matrix is movie. super rewatchable, but if I'm looking at like how much did I enjoy my first watch through, Dark City is my pick. And that's the thing, like, I don't remember my first watch through for The Matrix because I saw it in theater in 1999, and I remember being like, this is awesome. But, yeah, but watch Dark City is a good, it's, they're both great movies. Dark City is, Dark City is definitely, like, one of those hidden gem kind of movies yeah. where it's like, this movie you should definitely see because it's just a good movie, and it also gives you, like, these little little hints of what the Matrix, you know, is as well. And I like, cannot stress enough how much I loved, like, the city itself felt Lovecraftian, Eldritch, like, we were in Unknown Kadath or something, where it's, like, trying to figure out the mystery. 
I'm like, and I yeah. loved that about it. Yeah, fucking Cthulhu showed up at the end. That would be pretty sweet. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> but, so, Matrix wins that one. That's our uh, discussion on Mark City and the Matrix. Now, so I think this might doing. have been the closest one. I think that I think it is. I think it is. I think Battle Royale Hunger Games was also a fairly close one. Yeah. But uh yeah, so that's uh that's this episode week for this uh, this episode uh, this week. So Mike, where can people find us on the internet before we talk about it next week? You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, just about anywhere else you get your podcast from. Thanks to Spotify Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Go like and comment on our shit like subscribe all those things that everyone tells you to do so next week we are going to we're going to get into some dicey territory because we're going to be hijacking some planes uh we're going to be talking about executive decision and air force one we're going to get into get off my my airplane and then there's the classic Drew Barrymoring of Steven Seagal in Executive Decision. <laughs> if I remember correctly, he is, I think, killed in one of the opening scenes. <laughs> so everyone's kind of like, oh, it's a Steven Seagal movie. Wait, no, it's not. Oh, well, what are you going to do? But uh, so until next week when we talk about Harrison Ford as president and someone else as something in Executive Decision. Oh, Kurt Russell. I know. I think Kurt Russell's in the movie. So we're talking about him. Uh, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGuigan. I'll see you guys next time. So long.